The following message is a presentation from Grace Baptist Church in Kettering, Ohio. So let's turn to the book of Galatians this morning. And we're going to read a few verses from chapter 3, Galatians chapter 3. And we're going to read from verse 8 through 14. So Galatians chapter 3, verse 8. And this scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of this Spirit through faith. Father, we thank you for this time. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would um, enable me and empower me to be able to speak and exalt you. And Lord, I pray that you would bless uh, this uh, passage. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, help us to be closer to you because of what we hear uh, this morning from your word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Apostle Paul wanted to... Uh, write these epistles to, to those Judaizers that they profess to be Christians, but they said we need to also keep the law of Moses and be circumcised, otherwise we can't get saved. And he said, no, if you keep the law, the law will curse you. He said, as many of the works of the law are under the curse, the law brings curse. Why is it that the law, the law of God, the commandments of God is cursing us? Well, he gives us the reason. He said, For cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So if you want to keep the law to go to heaven to be saved, you have to continue in all things, all of them. And if you fail in one, according to James 2.10, you are guilty of all. So you can't get saved by keeping the law. That's why God has given us Grace in this new age, uh, this um, uh, church of uh, age of grace or age of church. It says in verse 13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. So the law brings curse. We are all under the curse because we have broken God's commandment. And uh, Christ, he came, he redeemed us. How? By his death, burial, and resurrection. The gospel. He died on the cross. And uh, he has redeemed us. He paid the penalty of our sins. So you don't have to be cursed. You don't have to go to hell uh, to be cursed forever. He took our curse and our punishment. He took our sins on himself. What a God we, we serve. He is a living God. He is so loving God. I never had that in Islam. As a Muslim, I grew up, you know, uh, that I had to serve Allah. We, we were his slaves. We had to do something for him, to please him. He never serves us. He's like sitting on his throne, far away from us, no relationship with him. You just, his slaves, you have to obligate, do your obligation, pray five times a day. 
But Christ hath redeemed us. He didn't uh, want to be served, but he came to minister, to give his life as a ransom for many. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. And also verse 14, he said, not only he redeems us, but he gives us the blessing of Abraham, which is the Holy Spirit. God promised uh, to Abraham that I'm going to give you Holy Spirit, give uh, your seed, uh, those who will believe in your seed in Jesus Christ, they're going to receive the promise, Holy Spirit, through faith. And uh, so the law, I grew up as a Muslim, and uh, we have a law called Sharia law. And uh, we have to keep that Sharia law to be able to earn our salvation. I remember as a child, I was about six, um, six years old, and my grandma told me about hell. She said, my grandson, if you die, you might go to hell. And I'm like, what is hell? What are you talking about? She said, hell is a place of punishment. Um, there's hell fire burning all the time. And I said, that's scary. I don't want to go to hell to be burned. Is there any better place to be? And she said, there is heaven, beautiful place where God is and angels are. And I said, I want to go to heaven. Can I go to heaven? And she said, yes, but there is a bridge. This bridge is made of one thin hair. So you have to cr cross this bridge and make your way into heaven. But underneath the bridge, there is hellfire burning. So you have to cross that bridge. I'm like, how can I walk on a bridge made of one thin hair? Well, obviously, I'm going to fall there. I can't make it. And she said, well, if you pray five times a day, and if you keep the Sharia law, if you do those self-harming and everything that we have, you'll be able to cross it. And Allah will be pleased and he'll ena enable you to cross that bridge and go to heaven. I said, okay, I want to get saved. I don't want to go to hell. Can you teach me to pray, to practice Islam so I can get saved? And she said, yes, I can. So she said, come and face toward Mecca and pray like this. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah rabbil alameen ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, maliki amitin, and so on. I'm like... I don't know what you're saying. What language is that? And she said, that's Arabic. But I said, I speak in Persian, in Farsi. I don't know Arabic. And she said, well, I can teach you to pray in Arabic. So I said, okay. So she taught me these verses from the Quran in Arabic, and I didn't know what it meant, but I was able to memorize it. And I prayed five times a day, same things I had to repeat over and over, like 17 times. And it reminds me of Jesus. He said, when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as heathens do. They, they think by but much, much speaking, God will hear them. Uh, but when you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our Father. He introduced this relationship that God is not far away. God is not like a monster or some higher being that is not interested in you. He is your Father. He can be your Father. You can have relationship with Him. It was this mount. My mind was just blowing to read that first time, uh, Matthew chapter 5 and 6, 7, Sermon on the Mount, as Jesus was speaking, and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And um, so I prayed this prayer, used vain repetitions so many times, and, and after a while, it was, it was getting boring. It was just so disgusting, and I didn't know what I was saying. I had to do the same thing, and it was like time-consuming. And, uh, but as I committed sin, I was doing wrong and something in my heart, it called, it's called consciousness. You know, God has given us conscious. It was telling me that I was wrong. 
Even as an unsaved person, I knew what sin was. I did wrong. And so I wanted to cover up my sin. So I prayed more. And I said, my grandma, Allah might send me to hell. I don't know if he's pleased. What should I do? And she helped me to be more committed. Took me to mosque to pray more. And, and uh, so I was able to use this chain. We used chain to hit on the, on the back to hit, uh, to harm our bodies and uh, to be able to please Allah. So I did everything to please Allah, but I never had peace. Uh, I did everything, but anytime I committed sin, I, I was just fearful. I knew that I'm, I'm going to go to hell. And so I lived with fear of going to hell all my life as a Muslim. Never had peace. And the more that I practiced, the more I became depressed and sorrowful. And the burden, you know, um, I had terrible, not only burden of sin, but religious burden was added to my guilt and sin. And uh, so I practiced for so many years and um, nothing happened. And in 2006, the Lord um, provided a visa for me miraculously that I don't have time to say. It was a miracle because it's hard to get a visa to get out of Iran. Um, to go to any country. So miraculously, I was able to get a visa to go to Australia for three years as a work, a work and holiday visa. So I was able to go there, and my family were so upset that I was leaving. And my mom put a copy of Quran in a tray uh, along with a bowl of water. She said, kiss this Quran three times, so go underneath it so this Quran can protect you. And I did it, and then she poured the bowl of water on the ground as a symbol of health, so I can stay healthy, not to get sick. <laughs> you think that would work? If you drink it, that might help you to stay healthy, but if you pour it on the ground, uh, that won't help you, that might help the ground to drink some water, <laughs> to grow some plants. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I left my country and went to Australia in 2006, and um, I went there, I worked hard, and, and it was just beautiful living in Australia, freedom, lots of opportunities, and I enjoyed living there. I loved it. You know, the freedom was just so precious to me because I, I lived in Iran for 26 years, and all my life I was under the bondage. The authorities control you all the time, uh, like, like the system that they want to introduce to America, uh, socialism and um, fascism. So they control everything about you. You can't change your religion. You're not allowed to study the Bible. Bibles, uh, this is banned. You're not allowed to have a Bible. No church in Iran. No pastors, no missionaries. The door is closed. So no, no opportunity to study, to know what Christianity teaches about God or heaven. So no, no freedom, no freedom of speech. If you say any negative about the leader, about Ayatollah in Iran, they'll arrest you, they'll They'll kill you. And um, even for your dress, you have to dress like modestly, man and woman. Otherwise, they'll punish you. So you've been under control all your life. Uh, so living in Australia, I'm like, wow, you can say anything about the leader there. And you can choose any religion you want. You, you can, can become an atheist, whatever you want. You are free. And um, so this kind of... Um, caused me to, to think that, man, maybe Islam, maybe God of Islam is not a uh, true God. 
because living in Iran, I, I thought that, you know, all the uh, fighting, killing, bloodshed is happening in the Middle East, in Iran, in Iraq, in Afghanistan, in Syria, in Egypt. And even you look at those countries, there is no life there. It's all desert and hot. And uh, people are killing each other all the time and opportunity, no, no opportunities, no freedom. Uh, but this country, maybe their God is a true God. So this caused me to stop praying and practicing Islam. And I said, well, if, if these infidels, Christians, are going to hell according to Islam, I want to go to hell with them. You know, I want to be like them. I want to go to, you know, in my mind, I, I was thinking through. So I stopped praying in Australia. I worked hard. I just wanted to, but that caused me to live in sin in Australia for three, three years. I was working two shifts a day, but anytime I, I had opportunity, I was doing drinking, smoking, night clubbing, and all kinds of wickedness that I tried to enjoy my life there. And for after three years, I had to go back to Iran, and I didn't want to go back. And um, I said, what should I do? And I was working a part-time job in a restaurant, and there was a Christian man there, a Persian man. He said, if you, if you want to stay in Australia, I can help you. And I said, how can you help me, infidel? I don't need your help. I ignored him uh, first, but he kept telling me, come to church. If you come to church and, and apply for uh, and convert to Christianity, you'll be able to apply for a protection visa in a stay in Australia. Australia. And I said, uh, what do you mean? How is that possible? He said, well, if you become a Christian, you'll be called an infidel. And as an infidel, if you go back to Iran, they'll kill you for your conversion. I said, yes, I know that. But he said, Australian government will protect you. They'll give you permanent residence to stay here. I said, no, I don't want to do that. I'm a Muslim because I grew up as a Muslim and I, uh, I still consider myself a Muslim. I said, no, I don't want to be an infidel like you. I'm a Muslim. And uh, as the time passed, by, by two, three weeks, and my visa was about to expire, and I, I realized that, man, I need to go back to Iran. I don't want to go back to Iran. There's no opportunities there, no future, no freedom. I don't want to do that. What should I do? And I remembered my father telling me that if you miss a prayer in Islam, you have to pray 60 times more to make it up. So it was three years in Australia, I didn't pray. And two last years in Iran, I was applying for visa and everything, and saving up some money, working hard. So I couldn't practice properly at all. So it was five years. So I got my calculator out and put five years times 60. That equaled 300 years. I realized that I have to pray for 300 years to catch up all the missing prayer to be able to have chance. I'm like, I'm lost. I'm going to hell. There is no hope for me. At least I can go to church and pretend that I'm a Christian and get my visa and stay in Australia, enjoy my life, and after death, I'm going to go to hell anyway. Uh, so I said, I'm going to do this. So I called my friend. I said, friend, I want to come to church with you. And he was so excited. He said, yes, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go. I'm like, why is he so excited that he wants to take me to church? What is he getting? Is he asking money from me or something? But I, I, I didn't know that. It's so important that you invite your friends, invite your neighbors. Because you never know what they might become. You never know if they would get saved or no. So thank God for him. 
so he invited me, so I, I went to church, very nervous first time. I thought that, uh, how do they worship? Do they worship towards Mecca, towards Jerusalem, or towards the holy city of, um, uh, you know, state of Ohio? <laughs> what direction? Or should I pray in Arabic or in Farsi or in English? How do they pray? I had no idea. I'd never been to church in my life, never seen a Bible. I don't know how Christians worship. I was nervous. And uh, so I went to church, and these infidels, to me, you know, uh, Christians were ungodly infidels, like animals, ooh, like monsters. That was the idea. They keep telling us Christians are so, because we learn about Christianity through Hollywood. Watching movie, all filthiness, and we think that, oh, they're Christians, man, they have no moral. And um, so many millions of Muslims, that, they live that way. They think that you are filthy animal. Um, so that's, that's why so, it's so important to preach the gospel to them, to tell them about holiness, that they would become like Jesus. We're not like Hollywood actors or actresses, but we are the children of God, children of light. So anyway, I, I walked through the door, and these people came one after another saying, oh, good to have you, welcome to our church, and, and thank you for visiting us and everything. I'm like, these people, they... You know, they were supposed to be filthy and infidel, but sounds like they are good, filthy people. They are so kind and so friendly. And, and I noticed that they had piano, they had music and singing. I'm like, I was shocked because in Islam, you don't sing. We go to mosque to cry. They, should, they say that for each drop of tear, Allah will give you a land in heaven. So you have to cry. That's why a lot of Muslims look depressed because they always cry. They worship Allah with crying and self-harming and begging Allah to, to forgive their sins. This, uh, this false God that doesn't even exist, that he can't forgive sins. And anyway, so I, I enjoyed seeing them singing and rejoicing. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This is good. Uh, but I noticed that they were praying to Jesus. I'm like, this is a blasphemy. Why did they pray to a prophet that they don't pray to Allah, the God? But something in my heart, you know, I was convicted seeing them. They were like rejoicing. They were happy and they were praying in, in Farsi in their own language. And I could see that they had relationship. And, and I, you know, my heart was telling me that, you know, your prayer, you never enjoyed your prayer when you prayed in Arabic, you never had this joy that they having, they enjoying. You know, at least you know they have joy and relationship. So anyway, I, they gave me a copy of the Bible to read. I, I took it home and I started from New Testament. They said read from the New Testament. So I started reading it. You know, Jesus. Uh, uh, you know, in Matthew chapter five, six, seven, especially, it, it just touched me. You know, Jesus said, you have heard that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. That makes sense to Muslims because we love our uh, neighbors and hate our enemies and curse them. Um, but he said, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. I'm like, wow, sounds like Jesus is a different prophet. His, his message is different. He talks about love, relationship, Father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. But God commands us his love towards us. He that loveth not knows not God, for God is love. I realize that God of the Bible loves me. 
Sounds like somebody is speaking to me, actually. This is not a book. Like a person is talking to me. And uh, so I read through the Bible in one month. It was just so powerful. I, I didn't want to put it down. It was just, I, fa- I found this close friend telling me all, uh, all my burdens. And he, he wanted to lift up my burdens. And he was like a very close friend. But after reading the Bible, still lost. Uh, the, the church didn't help me to get saved. They didn't preach the gospel. It wasn't a Bible-believing church. It was an Anglican Church of England, and they were worshiping, praising. That was good, but the gospel wasn't clear. And I asked the pastor to baptize me, help me to get visa, and he did not, didn't help me. So I realized that I wasted my time there. And somebody uh, introduced me to Liberty Baptist Church in Sydney, uh, Pastor Keith Piper. So I, I was able to meet with him, and first time I sat with him for five hours, and he took me through the gospel and mistakes in the Quran and everything. He challenged me. And, and um, he told me about, you know, how we have sinned against God. We are all sinners. And I said, yes, I know it. I'm a sinner. And he said, there is a punishment for sin, which is hell. I said, I heard about it. My grandma was telling me about hell, uh, a punishment. He said, that's where we deserve. We deserve to go to hell because we have sinned against God. But he said, Jesus died on the cross. He paid the penalty of our sins. He took our punishment. I said, okay, is that mean that uh, everybody's going to heaven? He said, no. I said, okay, what do you have to do to be saved? Uh, like in Islam, you have to pray five times a day and fast in Ramadan and, and keep the Sharia law and do self-harming and everything to be able to go to heaven if you could. What do you do? Do I have to get baptized to be saved or sing in the choir? What should I do to be saved? He said, nothing. Whatever you do will not get you to heaven because you're not your savior. That's why, because we couldn't go to heaven through any means, not going to church, not through baptism, not through soul winning or or a prayer or anything, that's why Jesus had to come. He had to die on the cross to pay for your sins. So all you have to do is to receive Jesus as your savior. To call on his name according to Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call on Jesus' name and he'll save you. Shall be saved. I said, that's so simple. Like you telling me that I don't have to do any of those rituals. Like call on his name. He said, yes. Why is this so simple? Because he said he made it so simple that everybody, even a child can understand that simple message and to get saved. I said, Pastor, if that's the case, I want to do that by faith. I want to call on Jesus' name uh, to be saved. I lived with fear of going to hell all my life. I don't want to live that way. I want to call on Jesus' name by faith. So he said, go ahead and pray. So I bowed my head. I said, Lord, I, I confess that I'm a sinner, but I believe that you died for me. Would you save me? Just pray that prayer. I, I knew when I opened my eyes, I knew I, knew I was saved. The world was changed. I I was just rejoicing. Went home next to my bed. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I went to church to abuse your church, to get visa. I don't care about visa anymore. If you want me to go back to Iran, I'm willing to do that. To do that. I said, I don't, I don't want to be just, just a Christian to go to church. I want to I I serve you because you loved me so much. You died for me. I want to sacrifice my life as well. I want to serve you. Would you use me? I said, I don't know. I don't know the Bible. I never raised as a Christian. I don't know anything about Christianity. 
But uh, if you want me to clean the church or whatever service I want to serve, would you use me? So I surrendered my life to Jesus, and I'm glad that I did. And he mightily uh, started using me. So he called me to Bible college there in Sydney, and I went to, uh, to college there. And, and I, as I was studying, I met a lot of Iranians there and witnessed to them with Pastor Keith Piper. And together we witnessed to so many of them, and many of them got saved, and they didn't know English much, so I had to, the Lord kind of led me and pastor to, to start a Farsi Iranian church next to English-speaking church. So in 2012, we started that uh, Farsi-speaking church, and we led so many Persians to the Lord since 2009 that I got saved in August 29th. And uh, the Lord uh, used me mightily there in Sydney for six years in 2018. He called me to come to, to America to get that simple message to Iran through satellite TV and radio because I couldn't go back there. And they know what I'm doing now, and they have threatened my family already back in, back in Iran because they can't threaten me over here to, to persecute me. They try to threaten my family. So uh, it's been two years now I've been broadcasting messages into Iran through satellite TV and radio, which is what I'm doing at the moment. And also I'm doing my deputation with Baptist World Mission. And I'm also I'm doing so, so many things. I'm doing seminary courses, uh, doing Bible translation courses in uh, Baptist Theological Seminary at uh, Falls Baptist Church, that they have a Bible college and seminary. So I, uh, Pastor Bob Shah introduced me to Falls Baptist Church, and I spoke there, and I ended up staying there, and, and, and that's my home church, and that's where I met my wife, Emily, and we got married, and we've been blessed already. Uh, we have one child, the second one is on the way in September, and um, then my vision is to plant uh, many churches, because Iranians are open to the gospel everywhere in different countries. They are scattered uh, apart. I can't go back to Iran, but there are a, lot, a lot of Iranians fled, and they live everywhere, and opportunities are everywhere. So, and also, um, my vision is also to translate the Bible from original languages in, into Farsi, because we don't have a good Farsi translation. There's old one, which is good, but it's out of date, it's hard to understand the Farsi language. So I have to use that and also original language to update it to, to have a good translation. That's why I'm doing seminary courses there. So um, my time is up, but I'm going to show this video um, about my ministry and everything back in Sydney. And then uh, we're going to come back for evening service for that PowerPoint presentation. May the Lord bless you and thank you so much. The country of Iran, known as Persia in the Bible, was founded as a monarchy by King Cyrus the Great in 536 BC. From King Cyrus's time till the Shah's time, Persians lived like royalty, but in 1979 Ayatollah Khomeini overthrew the Shah and turned the monarchy into an Islamic republic based on the principles found in the Quran. A pro-Western, pro-American mindset 
was exchanged for an anti-American, anti-Israel mindset. A rapidly modernizing capitalist economy was replaced by a populist and Islamic economy and culture which brought poverty into the country. Since Ayatollah came into power, Iran has experienced eight years of war with Iraq. Christians have been persecuted, Jews have been expelled, women have been forced to wear a hijab, and the national budget has been wasted on supporting terrorism around the world. As a result, Iranians have lost their freedom, opportunities, and a strong economy. People have been awakened recently to the reality of how Islam has caused a lot of damage in Iran for the past 40 years. They are so tired of Islam that they have been protesting against the Islamic government in order to eradicate Islam from the country and overthrow the Islamic regime. Iranians are seeking the truth. They are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. They want answers for their problems and freedom. The gospel is the only answer to their problems, and only Jesus can bring true freedom to Iran. In John 8:32, Jesus says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hi, I'm Michael Germi. I was born and raised in a Muslim family in Iran. From my childhood, I learned how to practice my religion, Islam. In 2006, I had to leave my country, Iran, to immigrate to Australia. And my family sent me to Australia under the protection of Quran. start off with that as you've read the front page. First of all, if you'd be so kind to read the first heading and the verse underneath, please. Can I ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior? Sure. Okay. Go ahead and pray that to God, please. Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. When I got saved, on the same day, I surrendered my life to the Lord Jesus Christ for the ministry. The Lord called me to Sydney Bible Baptist College and I studied four years and I completed my theology degree. here 
is entitled Goals for Every Christian. Lesson one has been read and study your Bible every morning. Acts 17.11, we must search the scriptures daily. Here is the stop track. Okay, learn how to explain this to people. Give tracks to people. But the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Wages of sin is death. Do you want death or do you want life? Do you want to die forever in hell or do you want to have eternal life? baptized to show we love Jesus, we believe he died, buried, rose for our sins and we want to live for Jesus. Majid Shariati, I was born and raised as a Muslim in Iran when I came in Australia in 2013. My friend Abbas told me about Liberty Baptist Church when I came to this church. 
Brother Michael told me about how Jesus died on the cross for us, for my sin, and I received Jesus as my Savior. And now Jesus is my God. Jesus is my Lord, is my Savior. I love him so much and I want to live for him. Hi, my name is Akbar Khanzadeh. I was born and raised in a Muslim family in Iran. And when I came to Australia, brother Michael Germi knocked on the door and he took me to Liberty Baptist Church and he did the preaching gospel with me and he told me about Jesus, how he died on the cross for my sin. And when I heard it uh, from the testimony of Jesus, and I repent uh, from my sin, and I pray, and I call upon the name of the Lord as my Savior, and Jesus saved me. Now Jesus is my Lord. Now Jesus is my God. Now Jesus is my everything. Jesus is my heart. And praise the Lord. The Lord provides for me the Bible college. And I go to Bible college and I studied there about two years. And I want to be the good servant for glory, for magnify the Jesus name. Hi, my name is Majid Moradi. I was born in Iran in Muslim family. In 2013, I came to Australia. My, my friend Majid Shariati invited me to Liberty Baptist Church. And in there, my brother Michael shared the gospel with me. And I found Jesus as my savior. And after that, I got saved by blood of Jesus. And after that, I would love to live for him and follow him and spend my rest of life with him. Pray for us, for Michael's media ministry to result in the salvation of many Iranians, for God to lead Michael and Amelie in planting many Iranian Baptist churches around the world, to establish a Bible college that trains preachers and missionaries, and for translating the Bible into the Farsi language. Thank you for listening today. For more information about Grace Baptist Church, please visit our website at gracebaptistofkettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.